on 98.1 KZE. I am Rick, your host of the Up and Running Morning Show. It gives me great pleasure to introduce to you my friend, our neighbor, and a great consultant on living, Caroline Phipps. Good morning. Good morning, Rick. How are you? This wonderful rainy day. I am okay. Thank you very much. And you yourself? I'm doing very well, thank you. I came back, just came back from a trip to England, and it's always interesting to go back to the old country and then come back to America, and you end up appreciating things about there and appreciating things about coming back to our lovely region. So I'm thrilled to be here with you today. Well, thank you. Now, after being in America for a while, when you go back to Britain, do people say, what happened to your, what's with this accent? Well, I think what happens is I arrive at the airport and immediately get plugged back into becoming very, very English once more. You lose the New York? You lose the New York. (laughs) Well, it's great to have you here and I'm sorry for, you know, some passing of family members and it's great for you to get to England to connect with your family. Yes, it was very um, telling in a sense that I ended up in the city of Canterbury in Kent, which is an ancient place. Um, It's the place where uh, Thomas Becket, the archbishop, was murdered by Henry II's men Hmm. in the nave of Canterbury Cathedral. And it's become since then a mecca for pilgrims. Christian pilgrims from around the world, as depicted in Geoffrey Chaucer's The Canterbury Tales. And the city has got this huge city wall that's built around it. And it was built by the Romans way, way back in the day, at the late third century, to stop them from being attacked by, you know, we barbarians. The Mm. Romans were Mm -hmm. very careful about themselves and their tribe. And it seemed to me that when I was driving into the city through one of these huge and magnificent city walls, there are seven of them, uh, seven being a very sacred number, Mm. there are seven walls. And as I drove inside into the 130 acres of pedestrianized city centre, which is full of people and connection and things going on, I thought how interesting that that city wall is a physical manifestation of connectivity among people. Mm. They came together, even sometimes, you know, the Romans could have a very brutal regime, but they came together to build this wall. And it, and it feels like literally a a geographical manifestation of what happens when people come together with a like mind. And the atmosphere inside the city wall is one of connection and people coming together and a street scene. And there was even an elderly gentleman sitting uh, near us in in a wheelchair and students were coming to talk to him. People were hanging out with him and he was being nurtured by the community. And it made me think about what, what is the difference between landscapes that nurture our connectivity and why it's important that we connect versus landscapes that make us feel 
scattered mm. and uh, disorientated. And when you drive down, let's say, a strip mall, and in, we have them in England too, as well as here, when you drive down them, you feel a kind of sense of everything's individual and nothing has a, has a, a sort of community sense. Mm. You know, unlike our beautiful towns of Red Hook and Rhinebeck, right. Great Barrington, they all have kept that sense of connection right. and community. And you could walk through the town and talk with different shop owners and the people and patrons of the mom and pop shops in our communities and feel the connection. Exactly. And the 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 two, you know, the, the physical landscape actually sort of nurtures and manifests the, the emotional connection mm. between us. And so it got me onto this whole theme about connection and the art of connection and why we need to connect. So my question for you with the walls of Canterbury, were the people in the city feeling good that they had their own special thing and were keeping people out? Or was there the disconnection of the people coming to Canterbury and going, what's with the wall? What am I missing out on? Well, Tellingly, everybody wanted to be inside <laughs> and nobody wanted to be outside. And I think there's that sense, um, metaphorically and physically, that we want to be inside and part of a tribe and connecting. Mm. The human psyche from way back understood that connection is survival. So if I was approaching Canterbury and saw the wall, I'd want to be on the inside. Yes, you would. You would park your car, you would walk inside and you would just be thrilled because the atmosphere is amazing. But we have that here too in these incredible towns in, in New England. And today we have this weird dichotomy where the more connected we become electronically the more disconnected we can often feel because mm -hmm. we lose that authentic sort of mind-body-spirit connection. Right. The whole chemistry of one individual talking to another gets lost at a lot of times when it just becomes black and white letters. And we are the first people in history, I think, to be so ele electronically connected around the globe. We know more about our fellow men than ever before. And yet the news cycle is filled with stories of people over here connecting and understanding one another more and more, and people over here disconnecting with each other and misunderstanding one another. So we're in a situation where we've got both things going on simultaneously, and I think it creates a very weird and distorted view of the world. Do people appreciate all the information you get electronically? Like, let's say you sign up for Facebook. You're connected with so many people, whether you want to or not, from your past and could be in the future. Do we want that connection? Well, I think that all of the electronic stuff we have in our lives now has a good side and a not so good side. And I think it's a, a little bit about navigating what works for you and how you perceive it and how you deal with it. I think there are moments when it can just become a complete distraction. Right. And way too much information. And way too much. And then we're overwhelmed. And then we forget to talk to our neighbor 
Mm. who, let's say, we have something going on with our neighbour where we really need to communicate and connect to make something better. But meanwhile, we're all distracted about everything else. And then there's a miscommunication with our neighbour or a family member or somebody in the community where if we actually sat down and really connected and communicated, we could discover common ground and change the scenario because miscommunication can then lead to an entrenchment of views and then all of a sudden we're in bad stead with somebody and it only gets more sort of concreted into position. Now, with the digital and social era that we're upon, is or are we becoming more appreciative of short attention like we almost want less is more and a lot of it at once like instead of getting a whole how are you and here's my whole life it's just good thanks talk to you tomorrow i think that's an easy cop out really in a way Mm -hmm. that we can almost fool ourselves that we're all connected and we have all these friends and we know all these people friends and people like what i say etc yes but then that true head and heart connection doesn't really happen and i feel that authentic communication comes from when our intellect is really connected to our hearts. And as you'll recall, Rick, last month on 9-11 at the Rhinebeck High School, mm-hmm. we brought uh, everybody together in the community to talk about that spirit of connection after the 9-11 um, uh, tragedy. And that was all to do, in, in, in my feeling, about... Yes, we had our intellects and we were dealing with things scientifically and on a business level and logistically. But the reason it became so special was that people had a heart connection and an empathetic, compassionate response with one another. And the two combined. Mm. And so for that kind of month following 9-11, we had that incredible spirit, which right. is what, you know, you and I came together with everybody else in Rhinebeck to experience um, this 9-11. And, and there was an amazing connection with all the people in the room. It was an energy like no other because we all shared our memories and thoughts of the event and just hearing the triumphant stories that kind of get well pushed aside with the tragedy of the terrorist attacks it's it's pretty amazing that you leave with a sense of wow all these people in the room with me and you caroline who were there had a deep sense of connection the firemen the citizens of rhinebeck It was incredible and empowering to me as an individual to know that, wow, everybody in this room has the same similar feelings. And interestingly, we had people from all political persuasions, all religions, all creeds, all nationalities. And everybody, I think, is really longing for authentic connection Mm. with one another and The idea that, yes, we can connect electronically and there's the global connection, but 
I feel if we don't get our own heads and hearts aligned and then can communicate with our family members in a head, heart alignment that's authentic, and then that has a ripple effect that goes out, I feel that this may be a way to be extremely elegant about the art of connection and where to really begin it. And I really think it begins with ourselves and at home. Mm -hmm. And I know a bunch of individuals who have relationships and they communicate mostly through text messaging and then they make their plans and then they get together to enjoy time together and they have a hard time talking to each other. And it's like, okay, we talk. And then it's like, well, you didn't talk about that important information. No, we texted about it the next day. And then it loses a whole lot of intimacy and connection. Well, at the end of the day, we're human beings, aren't we? You know, with those very physical needs to be around one another, Mm -hmm. to be in collective tribes, to be connected. And so navigating this new world that we're in, I believe it's just very important to nurture those immediate connections that we have. And how can we improve that, Caroline? Do you have any information? My feeling is that many of us run on our intellects and what our heads tell us is the right thing to do. Uh, Many of us are in jobs where our heads tell us we have to do the job, but you hear constantly, oh, you know, this guy does this job, but his heart's not in it. Mm. And then I know a lot of people who run on heart energy and sort of ignore the intellectual logistical side of life and get into into problems because their hearts are running the show and they're living in a, in a way that creates all sorts of issues for them in the physical world. So more and more, if we can make decisions where we run them past our intellects and our hearts, how does this feel on, on both fronts? Is this, is this something that is going to be working for me? Then, then I think we get a grounding in ourselves that when we are truly connected, we can genuinely and truly connect with other people. If you communicate to somebody from the head and the heart, doesn't it lead you into trouble though at times? Well, of course, everything can lead you into trouble, Rick. (laughs) That is true. Caroline, how can folks get more information on Connection? How can they contact you and ask you any questions about this subject or any of the other subjects in your elegant toolbox? Visit carolinephipps.com. And I would love to uh, receive some emails from people who would like an inner elegance coaching session. There are many, many people out there with a desire for uh, an inner elegance initiative in life. More and more that's happening. And so send me an email, caroline at carolinephipps.com, and I'll pick one of them for an hour's coaching session. And we can talk about whatever the issue is for the person under their version of exploring inner elegance. My head and my heart, thank you very much for being here, Caroline.
It's always a pleasure and always an interesting topic that we discuss and leaves me thinking for days to come. So thanks a lot for putting all this food for thought in my head and enlightening me at the same time. I appreciate it. Caroline at carolinephipps.com. And anything else? I think that my head and my heart are very, very happy as I make my way home through the rain, Rick. Well, drive carefully. And thanks for listening to the Up and Running Morning Show on 98.1 KZE. We're going to visit Kiko and the Lavender Moon in just a moment.